O God of love, grant us the gift of your grace, mercy, and peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. We are all here this morning because of faith. When times are tough, sometimes we hear, well, you've just got to have faith. As an introduction to the creed, I invite us to proclaim our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. In this morning's reading from 2 Timothy, we heard St. Paul write of how the faith was passed down from grandmother Lois to mother Eunice and then to Timothy. We heard the disciples ask Jesus, increase our faith. But this all begs the question, what is faith? Typically, faith is defined as something that we have or something that we do. Faith is just a way of saying religious thoughts, convictions, or ideas. Or we say that someone is a faithful person, meaning that they engage in certain practices or rituals or live by some code of ethics. But this is just a modern and cultural way to understand what faith is. If we were to go back just a couple of generations, and certainly to the pages of Scripture, we would have a very different understanding of faith. And this is certainly a situation in which human progress is a myth. We have not evolved and become more enlightened. Instead, we've lost our way. Think about how when we look at a screen, whether it's a phone, a computer, television, the light from it dilates our eyes. And if we look at that screen for too long soon, it will impact our vision. We won't be able to see reality as it is, as we are warped by that screen. Well, this is a metaphor for how we live in and interpret the world. We see everything through the lens of science and rationality. Now, to be clear, there is nothing at all wrong with having an intellectual approach to faith. I generally read 50 to 60 books a year. I have no problem when it comes to thinking about faith. The, con the concern is when faith is reduced to only being what we think. Because then, well, we can take it or leave it, as seems best to us. And this ignores our bodies, our hearts in faith. We rarely, if ever, consider what faith feels like in our bones. How faith is bound up in our emotions. How instead of faith being something that we opt into, Faith is actually something that we are a part of. One way of defining faith is that it is God's gift of love that has been poured into our hearts, bodies, and minds by the Holy Spirit. This is a better but radically different way of understanding faith. Faith no longer seen as the product of our thinking or doing, but something we've been given. When St. Paul says that he is reminded of Timothy's faith, he speaks of it in terms of an inheritance from Lois and Eunice. And then St. Paul's choice of words is very telling. He does not speak of a faith that was thought by Lois or held by Eunice or that has been performed by Timothy. No, the translation we have this morning is that faith lives in us. The Greek word that St. Paul uses is a compound word made of in and house. So we can say that faith is something that is at home 
in us. And if faith is something that dwells in us, then that means it's not the product of our own making or thinking. Rather, faith is just a way of saying that the love which created, redeemed, and is blessing all things is alive in us. Faith is the awareness that every bush around us is aflame with the Spirit of God. So instead of us being the subject of faith, the ones doing the faithing by our thoughts and deeds, we are actually the object of the being faithed. The one doing the faithing, well, that's Jesus Christ. And St. Paul alludes to this when he notes that the calling that Jesus Christ gave us is not according to our works. Rather, it was given to us before the ages began. It is not our faith in Jesus that makes us holy, gives us purpose, or saves us. Rather, it is the faith of Jesus that makes all things well. It is Jesus' faithfulness towards us and living within us that is the deepest and truest meaning of the word faith. Now, I realize this might be the first time you've ever heard these sorts of ideas, but I assure you I am not just making something up for having something new to say. I'm not sharing with you some crackpot idea that I just heard this week. Just because we have thought something for our entire life does not mean that it is more than a fleeting thought compared to the sweep of time. For nearly all of the Christian tradition, except for our modern and intellectually biased approach to it, faith has not been about what goes on in our heads. It has been something that is known in our bodies, felt in our emotions, evident in our decisions, clear in our actions, manifest in our thoughts, and ever-present in our senses. And when we do use our rational minds, this makes sense, right? Why would a God who gave us bodies and emotions only want us to have faith with our ideas? And as we all know, our minds are as easily corruptible as our bodies are. We notice when we have a sore back, or an achy knee, or a bleeding finger, and we know that something has been damaged, but so often we miss it when our thoughts have been corrupted, biased by selfishness or ignorance. A faith that is only about our thoughts has no depth of root to withstand the challenges and doubts of life. And again, a faith that we just think up is easily lost when we have new thoughts that enter our heads. But a faith that is the work of Jesus and is given to us can never be lost. At worst, sometimes we need to rediscover it in us. And so maybe we wonder, what does this kind of faith that lives in us look like and feel like? Well, here we turn to that greeting that St. Paul used in his letter to Timothy. It's not just some throwaway line that he used to get things going. Rather, it is the foundation upon which the letter rests and is a description of the fruits of faith. St. Paul writes, Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace. That's what the faith of Jesus looks like when it is alive in us. 
Grace can best be summarized in a verse from chapter 5 of Romans. That God shows love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Grace is the unearned, unmerited, undeserved, unconditional, unasked for love of God. Because God's love for us is completely independent of us earning it, it means that we can never do anything to lose it. Grace assures us that no matter how big our failure, no matter how sincere our doubts, no matter how lukewarm our belief, no matter how far away we stray, we are always loved by the God who seeks to bring us home. As St. Paul says elsewhere in Romans, for I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depths nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing and no one can ever diminish us from the love of God. This is what we mean by grace. And it's a deeply beautiful truth. When we catch glimpses of it in life, that's why those moments feel so good. You know those moments when everything just feels right? Those moments that you wish would never end? Well, that's when our bodies, our senses, are picking up of this faith of Jesus alive in us, shouting to us, hold on to this moment, for this is real and true. For some, it's the bliss of holding a baby or eating a meal made from the produce of your own garden, walking hand in hand with a beloved, singing a hymn that reminds you of attending church with the person who taught you about faith. The word for grace is linguistically related to the word for joy. So when you feel that joy in you bubbling up, that is faith, every bit as reciting the creed is. And mercy flows from grace. Mercy can be understood as compassion, even pity, for someone who is suffering. Because of our rebellion against God, because of our insistence on cutting across the grain of love instead of going with the grain, because of our selfish desires and actions, because of the reality of death, we are all in need of deliverance from things bigger than our ability to address. God's decision to save us and help us can be described as mercy. In the Hebrew mindset, this is often called loving kindness or faithful love. God saves us and shows us mercy, not because we've figured out the right prayer to say, but because God loves us. This is what a God of love does, loves. And in this love, God has paved the way for us to follow Jesus in the way of love, in having compassion instead of judgment for ourselves and for others. Genuine faith comes not when we figure things out intellectually, but from coming to see that our story is not what we make for ourselves. Our story is that we are the beloved of God. And there is nothing that we can or need to do in order to deserve or keep this love. We do not need to attempt to get it perfect, to get it right, or to figure it out. That is not faith. Rather, faith is when we find comfort in being loved. 
and then take the risk of loving ourselves and others just as God does. And the result of this mercy is that we can be at peace. When scripture was being written, peace was always very short-lived and fragile. War was normal. So those brief periods of time between the invasions and the battles, that was called peace. Peace was about rest, tranquility, and security. Maybe you've heard of that Hebrew word, shalom. It means well-being, wholeness, or health. It's the similar feeling. Peace is when things are as God intends them to be. But if we are constantly trying to force things to be as we want them to be, we will never find that that peace is alive in us. St. Augustine famously said that our hearts are restless until they rest in God. We experience peace when our hearts are resting in God, trusting and knowing that we are loved, that we are enough, that nothing in all creation can change the fact that God is love and God's got the whole world and those almighty and tender hands of love. And compared with the grace and mercy of God, all those things that we strive for and stress about, they're nothing. When we come to trust that the love of God is the truest thing about ourselves and the world, then we encounter that peace which passes all understanding. And this peace passes all understanding because faith is about so much more than what we can understand. Faith is when the love of God is recognized and received as a gift, which results in the sort of peace that can only come through Him who is our way, our truth, and our life. Grace, mercy, and peace are how God invests in us, planting in our hearts, bodies, and minds the gift of faith. And the fruit of this gift can be tasted and enjoyed in each and every moment. The best way to receive this gift is to use a posture that the church teaches to us all, open hands. When we approach the altar to receive the gifts of God, we do so with open and empty hands. And this is not only the posture for receiving communion, but for receiving the fullness and abundance of life and love that God desires for each of us. And so this is why practices such as prayer, breathing and paying attention to our bodies, silence, partaking of the liturgies of the church, rest, generosity, and service are so important because they open us to that faith of Jesus that is alive in us. There's a reason why we hold open our palms to receive communion. We don't take it with our hands. It's because it's a metaphor for faith as something that we receive, not something that we grasp by our own deserving or doing. And then, having received that grace, mercy, and peace of communion like faith, it goes into our bodies, giving us nourishment and sustenance. Grace, mercy, and peace then become not only the gifts that we receive, but they become the currency by which we grow in faith and love others. 
Today and always know that my prayer for each of you is always grace, mercy, and peace in our Lord Jesus Christ.